interrupt your program to bring you this important podcast. How to 911. Can you can you put me out of service on a podcast, please? Welcome back, guys, to How to 911. Today we're gonna we have some special guests, but we'll get to that in just a second. We're gonna um, talk about some cool mental health resources that are used here at the Loveland Police Department that have been used here at the Loveland Police Department. Mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about it since it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about it. I'm Sammy. I'm Erica. And joining us, uh, one of our guests is Jesse Boyd. He's a clinical team lead for Summit Stone Health Partners co-response program and one of the mental health co-responders with the Loveland Police Department. He's been here for the past four years and Jesse has a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and a licensed professional counselor and a national certified counselor. So welcome, Jesse. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Of course. And then we have Sue, and she's our other mental health co-responder with the Loveland Police Department with the partner agency of the Summit Stone Health Partners Co-Response Program. Um, Working with Summit Stone for six years and in co-response for the past year. She has a master's degree in social work, and she's a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed addictions counselor. Very awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. So you guys can take turns or obviously you'll take turns. We want answers from both of you. But <laughs> Don't talk at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just take, take turns well. <laughs> you know, fight to the death of who's going to answer first. Um, but what, what we talked about who you guys are, but what do you do exactly here? So, Go for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, team So, um, I mean, so we're mental health professionals, and, and we co-respond with law enforcement. Um, so we're co-responders, and we're part of a larger program uh, within Summit Stone Health Partners. Um, what basically, I mean, what we do is we, we want to supplement and complement law enforcement mm-hmm. on any call for service that um, has a behavioral health component. Um, and so, I, I mean, it's kind of like, what, what don't we do sometimes, right? <laughs> I feel like we uh, sort of jack of all trades. I, anytime you got in a call, it's really different. Um, but the main things we're trying to do, some of our overarching goals, um, more comprehensive care, well-rounded support for the community in general, um, deter unnecessary use of emergency services, whether that's uh, excessive 911 calls, um, you know, unnecessary visits to the emergency room, um, you know, a, a lot of what we're trying to do, reduce risk of, you know, lethal force with law enforcement, um, relieve law enforcement, go about uh, other duties, um, and provide some brief crisis interventions for folks when they're in a significant state of dis- distress. Yeah, so basically we assess, um, evaluate people out in the field. Um, it can be at their home, at a park, street corner. Um, wherever you know law enforcement has contact with them, so we we just try to support our community as best as we're able and get the resources in place for people because quite often people don't know what resources are available yeah. or don't know really a whole lot about therapy and that's where we shine yeah. because that's our passion. Yeah, yeah totally. Great. So we've talked about that you guys are with Summit Stone, um, but you work with. The Loveland Police Department. So, who exactly do you work for? Like, who does what? Like, are you guys just hanging out with us, or? Yeah, we've just been volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe let's just go. Yeah. Um, so, so Summit Stone Health Partners—that's that, our employer. 
Yeah. Um, and they, they sort of house the co-responder program. Um, but we, we all get uh, paid through different means. Um, well, the check comes from Summerstone yes, Health Yes, it comes from Summerstone Health Partners. Um, but we're, the program is funded through a couple different grants. Um, and the different departments have different funding sources as well. I mean, so Larimer County Sheriff's Office, for instance, for instance funds uh, one of the co-responders as well. Okay. Um, but other than that, it's primarily grant funded right now. Okay. And that's through the state, yep. through the Office of Behavioral Health. Okay. So that comes from a variety of funding sources. Yep. Yeah. For the most part, the state supports this program, and we also report to them in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we report yeah. every month. We have our data that we send out <laughs> to them and uh, make sure they, they know we're doing what we're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, I was um, like, is that required to keep the grants for... Yeah. Co-responding. Yep. Yeah. There's a pretty detailed spreadsheet that they have us fill out with calls for service, follow-ups, different types of contacts, um, demographic information in general. It's, it's pretty. A lot. Yeah, Jesse is lot. our data guru. He's uh, in charge of pretty much all the data you see the for, bags our, in <laughs> for our program because it's a lot of tracking. Because um, the state's trying to, um, since the programs are newer in the state, they want to make sure the funds are being used the best as they're able, that they're reaching goals, um, they're hoping to expand co-responder programs throughout the state too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now yeah. there's 26? So uh, there's, uh, I actually looked at it uh, recently, and I think there's programs within, I think it was 44 different, oh, uh, wow. between counties and okay. cities. Uh, so I think it's even grown, it's grown since I know. we've checked like yeah. six awesome. months ago. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So can I ask, does, will the grants run out ever, or is that a possibility? <laughs> we talk about that a lot. <laughs> it comes up. Yeah, um, so far there's no end in sight. Okay, you know, that's good. Uh, you know, the, of course the ultimate goal will be to have sustainable programs. Mm-hmm. We just, nobody knows what that looks like mm-hmm. since co-response is newer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the original grant had a certain amount of time, but I mean, I think it, we've, it's, we've shown mm-hmm. a lot of really positive outcomes right. um, and benefit uh, mm-hmm. for community and for law enforcement. Um, and so I, we're hopeful it will continue you know, going on, and I don't see a reason why it wouldn't. Um, yeah, That's good. Right How many people, other co-responders, are in Larimer County? I know we just talked about the whole state, but... Yeah, so we have the two of us in Loveland, Loveland Police Department. We have Ryan Hale, who is in Estes Park, and then we have... Um, we got uh, Libby, Libby Nelson and Ashley DeWalt with Lambert County Sheriff's Office, and we have a third person coming on as well that's going to be onboarding hopefully soon. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, and then Rachel Campbell, our case manager, which is a nice new addition. Uh, you have somebody to help with some of the case management needs that's... Can bog us down sometimes and pretty complicated like soon yeah. there's a ton of resources that change do you know what case management is i just feel like it's the boss that handles all the <laughs> so do tell yeah so we provide therapeutic care and then rachel she's the one that provides those basic resources those basic needs like if someone needs help with insurance or signing up for uh, food assistance, yeah. um, help with utility bills. I mean, all of those day-to-day things that people need to feel secure and safe that allows them to then address their mental health. So Rachel is just wonderful addition. We're so glad to have her because nice. it takes all of that off our plates because mm-hmm. before we were doing that mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the therapy end, and now we can focus on therapy and Rachel can make all those calls and 
chase down a lot of interesting resources. Yep. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, dog food. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- those are things that really um, take up a lot of energy and space mm-hmm. for people. Uh, and so it, it allows us to be able to provide a more holistic you know, approach to folks and um, make sure they get all the different types of supports they need. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and can't forget Melissa. Oh. Melissa Bauman, our uh, program supervisor um, right now as well. We can go all the way up, I guess. So we can just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here all day. Yeah. Um, so then how, obviously you guys have degrees in social work and mental health and all of your, everything else that we've listed before. Um, why, why this? What made you choose this specific thing? Oh gosh, I don't really have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I <laughs> yeah, you know, working with Summit Stone, the one thing at Summit Stone Health Partners, the one thing I really like is that there's so many different fields, areas we can work in. Mm-hmm. I mean, Summit Stone is in, I forget how many locations in the county. I mean, at one point I thought it was like 25 with COVID, who knows? It would be 300 plus but, employees, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I worked with adults and youth and, you know, I've done a lot of different things. Um, and so this has always interested me. I had my, uh, one of my best friends is an is a officer um, out in South Dakota. And I have other first responder relatives. And I've always been interested in law enforcement. And so when this position opened up and I was just ready to try something new and I was just, I don't know, it just felt right. I was yeah. excited. So, I've been rocking it. Yeah, really happy to have it on the One team. year down. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, for me, with co-response, it was sort of happenstance. The opportunity popped up, and I'd started working out, was working with Subastone at the crisis clinic in mm-hmm. Fort Collins, um, the behavioral health, health urgent care in Fort Collins, um, doing crisis work there, walk-ins, you know, placements for higher level of care, things like that, and it sort of... Uh, the person that had started here for a couple of months when the program first began mm-hmm. um, ended up having to move out of state. Mm-hmm. And so they offered it up. I, I was like, hey, why not? This sounds really interesting. Uh, something new, right? Something that really could help a lot of different folks out in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I felt like it was a huge gap in, in our system, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's something I jumped at and got lucky and landed a position and just kept going from there and found my really found my passion with mental health in this particular role. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's fun to find something and you're like, I'll try it, see what happens, yeah. and then yeah. for it to really blossom for you. Yep. I think that's, that's what happened when we interviewed Justin and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff was like, I didn't really want to be a traffic yeah. officer, but I gave it a go, and now I've been doing it for like 600 years. It's <laughs> 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 just yep. weird, and you just like fall yeah. into what you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jump at an opportunity. If it yep. comes yeah. Up. yeah, right? So we've kind of talked about it, but like a little bit more in depth of what exactly happens when you guys respond out to a call with law enforcement. Well, we can, let's back up just a little bit yeah. how we get those calls. Yeah. Good, sure. perfect. You know, um, Great. Because there's a variety of ways, and Jesse, you pipe up to jump in, but, you know, we watch the, the computer aided dispatch, the CAD board. We watch for mental health calls sometimes domestic disturbance, suicide calls, yeah. um, anything else? Yeah, I mean the verbal disturbances, yeah. and the substance use concerns that might pop up, the suicide threats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the 
a lot of the calls, I think, a lot of the welfare checks that we get, a lot of times are folks who are really concerned for their safety, mm-hmm. um, you know, believing that folk, people are out to get them, mm-hmm. and that might sometimes be related to uh, mental health, yeah. uh, and so th- those are ones we pretty frequently go on. Um, but yeah, it's a variety of different things. Really, it's distress, right? And that's what we keep an eye out for, is any kind of distress. It's we're crisis interventionists. That's what we do, mm-hmm. and that can mean anything. It doesn't have to be a diagnosable mental health, uh, you know, disorder. It really might just be someone having a really rough day. Yeah, their mm-hmm. best, their worst day ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So we watch CAD. Um, sometimes officers call us direct um, to come out. Sometimes we contact the officers. Sometimes I rely on dispatch. You all rock. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Um, <laughs> Gosh, at the the night shift because there's just Jesse and I. You know, we don't work twenty four seven. So the night crew they will email us. Oftentimes we get several referrals overnight. Um, text messages. Yep. You know, someone coming up and being like, "Hey, I ran into this person last night. I meant to send you an email. Yeah, they see us and they'll give us the information and ask us to reach out and follow up." Um, so yeah, it means a variety, right? Of different ways that we'll come into contact with folks. Um, our program, you know, I, I technically we're a secondary response program. Mm-hmm. Technically, because we have our own van and we'll ro- you know roll out to the scene and, and provide support um, that way. But honestly, we're kind of a hybrid because we do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we'll leave from you know the bullpen at the same time as officers and, and follow them to the scene. Uh, sometimes we'll stage if officers don't feel like it's a safe call. Um, I kind of hang out nearby. Um, Sometimes they'll recognize there's some kind of a behavioral health component or that significant distress we were talking about while they're already on scene and then call us and ask us to come out. Um, so yeah, it's a variety of different It is. Contact. And, oh, I just, I love this department because yeah. they're so open mm-hmm. to us. Like, yeah. I can think of a case where we're, we were trying to find someone um, that didn't have a phone. We couldn't find this person. So we sent, you know, an email which gets spread out to the team, and then they were looking for that person, like watching for them during the day, and sure enough, they found them, and we were able to then assess and intervene and provide some support. So. That happens pretty frequently. I love that. I mean, yeah. really, they'll hear us and keep an eye out for the person mm-hmm. and then reach out. It's pretty great. I mean, that, that's one of the benefits, right, is that we're all working together as a cohesive right. team. That's why I agree all of this partnership. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so once you're on scene, you stage sometimes, like, um, gosh, what am I trying to say? I love that I can edit things out. Um, <laughs> you oh, that would have been good to next. know. Yeah, what happens <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah, you get there. You yeah. want to start over. Yeah. Like, hold on. So, you know, we, we arrive on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we let dispatch know, and we let the officers know we've arrived. Um, we typically don't approach until it's safe. It just depends. I mean, yeah. it really depends on the call. Because sometimes if there's no indication of any real safety issues, we'll just approach with the officers. We always rely on officers to tell us where to go, where to stand, what to do. Okay. Um, and so we, you know, they might have us, I've, I've had them put me behind trees, have me sit around the corner, mm-hmm. have me like, you know. Get in the bushes. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have been in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know yeah. and you want to make sure everyone is safe. The yeah. last thing we want is the officers have to worry about where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we let them direct traffic, so to speak. Yeah, we don't want to be a liability yeah. for yeah. anybody. Yeah. Um, and so that's, we'll let them kind of direct us on that. So the, the way we make contact can vary whether it's directly with the officer, whether they're they're worried there might be some kind of a safety issue, might have us hold back in one way or another. Um, 
but then we'll engage together mm -hmm. with the person. Yeah. Um, typically, we'll consult with the officer. Ideally, especially if we arrive a little bit later, we have a quick little meeting um, that we talk about the goals. Um, what are the presenting issues? Um, any of the concerns, history. possible outcomes, history, things yeah. like that. So we're all on the same page again, working together. Yeah. Yeah. And we try to do that consultation because we really want it to be uh, us working and making a decision together mm -hmm. and no unilateral decisions. Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure this out as a, a team. And so we'll con try to consult before, like Sue's saying, during, if it's a more complicated one, might step aside and just sort of regroup for a second. Yeah. And then after to make sure we are fully on the same page and going on the same path. Um, so I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I think a big part of what we try to help with initially is making, it, with that first contact, trying to help with de-escalation, uh, whether it's emotional, behavioral, um, you know, de-escalation, provide support for the officers, try to help ensure that there's a, a level of comfort and security, which is, I mean, that's what most people when we're calling law mm -hmm. enforcement, that's what they're hoping for, right? Mm -hmm. And so we try to contribute to that as best we can. Um, and then jump into our assessment. I mean, the main thing we focus on is going to be safety. Mm -hmm. Some are law enforcement on most of these calls. Um, whether it's physical safety, emotional security, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so speaking of safety, you guys are obviously trained to de-escalate these situations and offer like in the moment small mini counseling sessions um are you guys trained to also protect yourselves like restrain somebody if for some reason if the scene was safe at one point the officer leaves you guys think you're good and then something goes sideways and then then what like obviously you guys would ask us for help but until then what do you do <laughs> yeah. we'll send you help yeah. yeah we'll send you help but what do you do before then so, I mean, it's it's tough. That's one of the reasons. So one of our main goals is to relieve law enforcement, right? To, so they can go back out in the field and do what they specialize in, right. what law enforcement specializes in. And so a big part of when we're there, we're really hoping to minimize the chance that something like that could happen. Um, and so we have a, a, a set of questions that we'll ask, um, you know, related to history of violence, weapons in the home, expectations that other people might show up while we're there, mm -hmm. um, substance use, things like that, yeah. that might inform us about safety. Um, and then we ask the officers, whoever's out with us, to check as well. So they might check the home, make sure wherever we are, uh, make sure no one else is around, uh, depending on the situation, could pat down the person. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, they notice things that I yeah, don't yeah. see. Oh, their environment, the law enforcement's environmental awareness yeah. is much better than ours. But that's one thing that we had training on, too, right? Yeah, we did. <laughs> did it stick? It didn't, yeah. <laughs> it was an incident with a butcher knife. I yeah. didn't see it, but the officer did, and it was fine. But, you know, a client with a knife very close by. You know, I, I'm, I'm focused on client care yeah. and body language and eye yes. contact and... Uh, you know, building rapport quickly, and thankfully the officers, they are very much trained in situational awareness to a higher degree, you know, than mm -hmm. we are, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so they do an excellent job of securing the scene and, and looking out for, you know, knives, letter openers, anything like that, and they, you know, gently get it put away and, and work with that person to make it safe. Yeah. But we're not we're not trained on restraints, okay. anything along those lines. We have had um, CPI training, which uh, 
crisis prevention intervention, I think, I think is what that stands for. That sounds right. It's a passive, yeah, sure. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a passive sort of defensive sort of thing. And, and that's something we've talked about continuing as well. Um, but I mean, we do have a lot, but part of our grant is for additional training, and that's something we always mm. want to you know, look into. Um, but we do have our radios with us as well. Um, have the precautions with law enforcement. You know, we look up in our system to look at history, and law enforcement does the same. Um, and then we know dispatch has our backs yeah, uh, as well. Yeah. We <laughs> ask for those status checks. Yep, the I mean, status checks. If we ever ask for a status check, then you know that there's something, something. that's making us a little uncomfortable. Yep, something that we're not feeling hundred percent comfortable and then so you all have been amazing at that seriously I mean you're calling within you know 15 minute increments which is a lot on y'all's plate too um, <laughs> when you're dealing with you know all the other calls that are coming in uh, but we really appreciate that it helps us some of our security and lets us focus on the person that we're with right so we can actually help um, and, but, oh, no, go no, 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 go well, I was gonna say the status checks are also a tool yeah because I let them know that my team is going to be checking in with me nice um, and so they're well aware that yeah. there's people who are going to be contacting me and if I don't answer or something goes awry they're just going to get flooded with people yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know we, yes. got, we got a swarm button yeah yeah, yeah we have our button <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, but that's also nice too because I do let people know and, and I think it helps them even feel safer too because you know we're in their space and on their turf and knowing that you know we're all focusing on safety that is yeah, yeah. Think so too. which is. is therapeutic in itself yes yeah. some people have a hard time identifying safety issues and so that almost can become a therapeutic tool let's talk about safety yeah. what does that mean it means something different to everybody mm-hmm. right? yeah. Yeah. and and we've had great uh, training through officers here as well um, our program champs here through uh, LPD help to arrange an officer to come and speak with us as well and go through different safety components like where to position yourself in the room, mm-hmm. additional, you know, uh, notice the exits, right? Look for weapons, try to uh, keep an eye out for that. It's, sometimes it's impossible. I mean, I, the uh, home a couple weeks ago I was in had, axe, had uh, an axe sitting around, uh, multiple knives out, uh, pliers, uh, tools, a uh, crossbow. Uh, and there's what? just a lot. It's, it's, so sometimes it's almost impossible to have that, which is when yeah. officers stay with us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but we, we can't necessarily relieve them back in the field, and officers won't leave us sometimes. Yeah. They'll be like, no, I'm not comfortable uh-huh. leaving you here. We're going to hang out. Sorry. Yeah, the that's officers good. have been wonderful. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, to the point where you need to take a step back from Sue. You're getting too close. Please yeah. back up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I feel very safe. Awesome. Uh, yeah. with our team. I think we all have each other's back. Yeah. Um, which is important. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. Um, so we've talked about statewide there's co-responders. Is there more of a need for more co-responders? Oh, you can't tell nodding on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, audio. Yes. My, my emphatic nod in transit. That is All right. Yes, no uh, answer. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you, you start, I, I've been doing this for a bit. You started recently. What's your thoughts, Sue? What yeah. No, I, I've actually been surprised at how well it flows together and works. Um, I go back to my peanut butter and jelly analogy that we had, we learned back in March, where you know, uh, law enforcement and mental health is like peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. You know, each one is great 
on its own, mm-hmm. you know, but you put it together, not jelly. <laughs> okay, we're peanut butter. No. You put it together and it just makes like, you know, it just works. It melts really together. Mm-hmm. And the more I see how this works, um, you know, on the front end, like actually going to, to meet someone face to face or even on the back end where we're making phone calls for people, you know, we all have the same goal is public safety give people the care they need and yeah. to reduce that recidivism. And I think it just, it works well together to have mental health and law enforcement together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, there's just too many folks who land in the, in the emergency room, who land in jail that don't necessarily need to be there or get benefit from it. Um, and then that's one of the reasons we're here and have this partnership is to be able to address the underlying issues that might be contributing to those contacts with either you know with different emergency systems, um, and it, it it's something different. Just like safety, when you were talking about or security, it's something different to, for everybody. Um, and so I think being able to be there and address whatever issues might be going on, you can't separate out mental health mm-hmm. uh, from any contacts. You can't separate out distress from any yeah. contacts. Um, and so I think that having folks like us along to be able to provide that type of support on law enforcement contacts is invaluable and, and allows the community to have those different parts of, uh, within their system that might not have been met in the past mm-hmm. actually get some mm-hmm. assistance. And, and that said, I mean, there are calls, of course, that are not appropriate for us mm-hmm. and that are safety issues or that, you know, maybe the person refuses to talk to a counselor or therapist. Um, so each call is pretty, is so different. Um, but, you know, I think across the board, it, it's just beneficial. Even reaching out to families afterward. Yeah. Um, we started contacting survivors of suicide. Um, and sending them packets of information, you know, even things like that to just help people get connected with services and support. Yeah, thank you for making that. I was Sue getting that ball rolling on that with a couple of folks on our program. Yeah, it wasn't my idea per se, but I was definitely motivated (laughs) to get it done. Yeah, Yeah, there's a a need, and it's a variety of different needs, Mm -hmm. I think, for for more of us. And um, I mean, they're pretty intense calls. Mm-hmm. A lot of the mental health calls that, that, that do pop up um, when it's a significant component, and that, that's really burdensome for law enforcement. And I see, uh, with, with Love and Police at least, you know, I see how busy it can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so being able to relieve them a little bit, relieve that stress a little bit, I think helps not only in that call, but also in general, law, law, other law enforcement contacts, they're not as overburdened. Um, I mean, we I, there's some stat, you know, some statistics that show uh, you know, one out of every five folks well, at some point in their life have a diagnosable mental health issue, and that's not even including like the distress, right, where there's just symptoms of these diagnoses popping up, um, and that uh, some I, I've read somewhere that there was up to ten percent of calls for service with law enforcement can have some kind of a severe mental health um, disorder as a component. Um, to it as well. Hmm. Um, one out of three folks are so often transported to the ER. Um, that's the stuff we're here to try to help with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this off the top of your head. We've talked about Larimer County and statewide, but like, is this a common program nationally for co-responders? It's growing. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had the first 
annual first ever co-response conference. Neat. It was, very, it was very back cool. in March, yeah. a week before COVID. Yeah. Shut everything. Serious, it was. You got yeah. in there. You I got guess attended. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if this gives you indication, this is a national. This was a national conference, and there was what 175 people there. Yeah. That's so. good. Um, Representing so a variety of different programs, yeah. all of them different, which is super so cool. different. Yeah. yeah, so different. Um, so there was uh, fire, police, ambulance yep. um, from agencies all across the country. So I mean, it's growing, um, yet it's still relatively new. Yeah, what surprised me? So I'm from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and what surprised me, looking into it a little bit further, uh, is a couple years ago, is that my hometown actually had a co-responder program. When I was still there, I moved out here 10 years ago. Uh, when I was still there and I had absolutely no idea. Huh. Um, wow. I just, I, I didn't know. Um, so it, it's more, it, it's around us more than I think mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's definitely growing. One of the great parts about this program here with, is that we, I think we were on that cutting edge and mm-hmm. helped sort of spearhead and really yeah. get the ball rolling. Yeah, because yeah, four years compared to other programs is mm-hmm. like veteran program. Yeah. You know, for the programs we talked to, yeah. for wow. a lot of them, they were just figuring out how to get started, mm-hmm. or had just started in the last year. Wow. wow. Which and that's part of the cool part about the these programs in general. They're all so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's little nuances to each program that make them unique, um, and we're constantly growing, developing, changing here, um, and adapting to different circumstances and mm-hmm. getting different process procedure and. Uh, I mean, Sue and I are figuring out, you know, different ways of being able to work really as a good cohesive team together over the past year or so, and uh, it's constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like there's a co-response one-on-one book mm-hmm. that this is how you okay. do it, this is how you yeah. set it up. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so basically, all these different organizations and agencies are coming out with their own. Um, what's the word I want? Like specific program. also has um, a crisis center that has mobile clinicians too mm-hmm. um, which I know a lot of communities don't have that and so that program's been taking off as well yeah and, and I think that's that's an important thing to remember too this is asking if there, there's a need for more of us mm-hmm. and there's a need for a variety of different approaches I think to, mm-hmm. to folks and with mental health concerns and one of those can be the crisis clinic um, or behavioral, they renamed behavioral urgent care. Um, and they have a mobile team 24 hours a day that mm. can come out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's the different types of community supports will vary based on those needs that come up. Uh, certain communities might have more outreach options, maybe for, for transient or mm. homeless populations. Uh, other ones might have more need for that primary response writing with law enforcement to have interaction on any kind of call that comes up. Some might be in kind of a hybrid like ours. It just yeah. depends. Um, so kind of along those lines, 
especially with um, everything that's going on in the world right now, I've seen all over news, social media, whatever, that there's this popular opinion that co-responders should go and not law enforcement. There should be some sort of like mental health service or a social worker or counselor going to these mental health crisis calls um, of whatever the situation and no law enforcement at all because of the risk of injury to any party involved. What do you guys think about that per se? Because I, I know I have my opinion about it based off of what we see every day, the calls that we take, but I want to know what you guys think about What's that. your opinion? My opinion is, <laughs> I think that before you guys get into, I guess, crazy stuff, like, if there's a safety issue, you guys can't go to that. That's that's why law enforcement's there. They're not there to try to make things worse, at least our officers. Our officers are great at that stuff. I can't speak for all law enforcement, but I just, I don't think it's feasible because you guys don't have anything to protect yourself. So if somebody's drunk, high, has a weapon, and you go out to that without somebody there to help you and keep you safe, like, that's just we're putting you in a position of failure, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. You, you I, can go first, and then I have a lot to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so I, I appreciate that. I mean, the, the, I, I think that we really have felt that everyone here has a, emphasizes and, and supports us being safe. Um, and that's, you know, I, I think it really depends on if it's appropriate for us to go out or respond on our own on the nature of the call. I've certainly had calls that are 100% very clearly only related to significant distress, mental health concerns, aren't safety issues. Maybe we can contact by phone. Maybe it's someone we've known mm-hmm. before, someone that's more of a, a higher utilizer of emergency services and we're comfortable and familiar with the person that I have responded to and been able to avoid having any you know, contacts with law enforcement. It just really depends. Um, but a lot of times we, we don't know. And when people are calling into 911, they want law enforcement. They're asking for something yeah. a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? right? Especially because it's 911. There's something yeah. insane, and not insane, but like urgent, like urgent enough yeah. and yep. extreme enough happening that you're calling for emergency help. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and, and, and so to me, there's a lot of times the call to see there's an expectation that law enforcement will be coming mm-hmm. out. And so even if it is primarily a behavioral health component, I think having the other component there too, law enforcement, to be able to provide that security in a way that Sue was talking about so we can focus on the other issues going on can be really helpful. Um, and, and often, you know, one of the things that it comes up to family members calling for welfare checks. And mm-hmm. so it'd be essentially a cold call on this person unless we have other mm-hmm. information. And so you don't know what you're walking mm-hmm. into which speaks to what you're talking about yeah. um, with uh, you know, safety for, for us going out on a call. I can pause. I have more too. But <laughs> no. Well, I, I just want to back up a little bit because I've been here a year, mm-hmm. and one thing I noticed is it's almost like we're losing kind of a sense of community and helping each other to some extent. Mm-hmm. Or people are calling 911 because the neighbor is loud. Or mm-hmm. they're calling 911 because of this family member. And this family member lives a mile across town. Yeah. And so they're not going to their family member. I mean, there's like a lack of connectedness. And to an extent, people sometimes wait too long mm-hmm. to seek care. You know, there still is that mental health stigma. 
you know, no matter how much we talk about it, there still right. is this overarching stigma where what's wrong with you, suck it up, mm-hmm. you know, handle it. Yeah, you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, in, in an ideal world, you know, my vision would be that people are seeking care earlier mm-hmm. instead of waiting until 911 needs to be called. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the ideal world. Mm-hmm. And also, some families still here in Larimore County don't know that there's other resources available. And so they automatically call 911, yeah. calling dispatch where they could be calling some of the, you know, other crisis phone lines or going to behavioral health urgent care um, to seek help mm-hmm. for that person, you know? Yeah. That would kind of be the ideal world. Right. Yeah, um, connectivity, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah no, Connecting I, and making yeah. connectedness um, and finding, you know, balance in life through that um, prior, you know, and instead I, I see it over and over where people wait until they are in this huge crisis, which by that point, it's complex, it's worse. I I often tell clients it's like having a very smooth mountain lake, and you drop a stone in the middle, and you get all these ripples. Well, the quicker you can catch it, the smaller the ripples, and that's kind of like mental health, and the longer you delay and wait, your ripples get bigger, and then the problem is bigger. And so encouraging and educating community to seek help, I think, is our first, what we're trying to do in our agency and other agencies in the community to get people help first. All that said, (laughs) okay, Um, you know, I I think our role working with law enforcement, um, I I love it because of the safety issue as well. You know, I'm not comfortable myself, this is my own opinion, I'm not comfortable going to someone's house and not knowing what's behind the door. Mm, Yeah. Because, um, like Jesse said, you just don't know if someone's are they. They have a history of violence. You know, there's Did five other get... people in there that mm-hmm. you don't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or are they on substances that might make them hallucinate or be violent or think I'm something I'm not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I would myself would not be comfortable going on those calls without having that support of an officer who's trained. Um, in safety to a much, much higher yeah. level than I'll ever be trained. Yeah. And, and here's the, the thing on that, too. I mean, there, there's studies that talk about violent behavior related to mental health concerns when compared to the general population. And there's really not a significant difference between violence with folks with mental health diagnoses and violence um, within the general population. And I think that's a, a common misconception folks have. That being said, with substance use, it does increase, mm-hmm. um, and we just don't know what is going on with this person because we only get this snapshot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we hopefully have time to look through our system and find some information out about the person that will help inform us. But not knowing is tough, and so I think at least for that initial contact, we we work our butts off trying to get um, folks to. That, trying to be able to relieve law enforcement as fast as possible because there are some benefits, sure, to having uh, maybe just us going out on a call. It can be really triggering. Uh, there, there's, you know, maybe there's a history of trauma associated with law enforcement, detention, incarceration, whatever it might be, um, that will that could potentially escalate the, the situation. That also gives an opportunity for us to be able to help de-escalate in the moment. And I can't tell you, I, I've had a quite a few of interactions, great interactions with law enforcement 
and us that has been that people have said is restorative that help them realize you know what law enforcement's not that bad maybe they can help Mm -hmm. there's a benefit there yeah um well we can think of numerous times probably of when the officer and us have like take team together and we work really well together some of my favorite calls yeah, mm-hmm. we have so much fun doing that because the officers, I mean, they're trained too. Yep, CIT. Um, yeah, Yeah. Yep. And so we oftentimes are working together to help de-escalate a person, and those are really fun calls. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's the other really cool part about it is that we get to learn from each other uh, out on calls. And one of the things that we've, we've tracked for our data have has been um, diversions from emergency departments, right? When... When would an officer previously have taken somebody to the ED that our involvement avoided that, if it was unnecessary? Uh, and so we, we track that. Um, the numbers for that used to be significantly higher. What I've noticed um, is that over time, the number's shrinking, which tells me that uh, you know maybe, maybe the, the discussions that we're having with officers are helping them better understand the risk and safety, more appropriate dispositions for people um, as opposed to just landing them in the ED. Mm-hmm. And so we, we all get to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So having law enforcement come out for something that we specialize in um, and, and you know, we've, we've worked on it for so long, I, feel like, I hope they take away something from it too that can be used outside of yeah. interactions with us. Totally. Hopefully. Yeah. I think you, get, you mentioned CIT and I think I want to like just kind of touch on that. Like everybody here at the Loveland Police Department that works with um, like us for dispatch, mm-hmm. we take the calls. Officers are at least trained in it as well, and it's crisis intervention training. I'm sure you guys obviously have a million other trainings on top of that, but I think it's important to touch that. Like we we've had these trainings, so when we get those calls, we can try to use that to utilize it to hopefully digress the per- not digress. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like de-escalate. Yeah, de-escalate the person before you guys get there. Hopefully, like if they're suicidal, we can at least try to get them on the line long enough for somebody to physically get there and help the situation physically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, that we're all trained in that type of thing. Obviously, you guys are the professionals. You, so every, You all are all counselors in your own way of what you do with these, yeah. seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with, I think it contacts. starts, yeah, it starts with dispatch. Oh, 100%. I mean, really. You'll have a tough job. Yeah, you have a very (laughs) tough job, and you're already working on that de-escalation with your calm voice, presence, directions. Um, I mean, I've heard that over and over of how nice that is, and I've heard feedback from family members. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on that? No. I mean, I I think there's going to be some good and some not so good with, with any program and that's the goal is to try to figure out that balance with it mm-hmm. and what makes the most sense for where you're at and yeah. too much more to add on yeah we're big on balance yeah <laughs> the, I, I guess the, yeah 100 <laughs> I, I mean i guess the only other thing to add is you know with you know availability and such it, it would be tough i think for us to to be going out and handling i mean we, we definitely could use more people um right now and I, I don't know if you all have data quite like the questions on data calls things like that that you're interested in do you have them I got some data finally I always give numbers and statistics so it's 
Finally, not my turn to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You have that. that yeah, that's my job. Nice. Uh, but that, I mean, that, that strikes me as going out and taking calls without law enforcement uh, support and assistance. That That's going to be tough on us with our, our caseload that we have, too. Um, as I mean, for, let's see here. For, so I, I did a just a six-month from, let's see here, June, January through June of this year. And just this is just for Loveland Police Department. Um, the total contacts over that six-month period, we had um, 1,073 contact, and that, that's either contact attempts, so maybe a welfare check that mm. we went on, successful or unsuccessful, follow-up contacts, um, uh, outreach options, things like that. Um, total amount of hours we spent with clients, and this is d- direct client care. Yeah. Not all the outside stuff, drive time, notes, things like that, uh, but 618 hours wow. of direct time with clients over that period of time. That's almost... That's basically a solid month. Mm-hmm. No breaks for rest, sleep, anything like that. <laughs> a solid month of, sitting, a month of sitting down and providing direct care with, with folks who are in need. Wow. Um, within our entire program, I'll be able to get this uh, pulled up. There were, uh, over a full year period between July and uh, between July 2019 and 2020, and this is before Sue started, so it's going to be, be incomplete with us, but uh, 953 calls for service, 116 emergency room diverts, 16 jail divers, which is something we always want to try to work on, Uh, 1,600 follow-ups, and 136,000 minutes um, spent in in service. Uh, So, I mean, we're busy, um, and there's, we could 100% use some more supports, and Mm -hmm. I think that branches out into the community, too, getting additional community Mm -hmm. supports to supplement Mm -hmm. everything else that we're doing. Mm -hmm. I was just about to ask, like, is there, what can the community do? Because there's obviously an outreach for it, if I, if you... I've seen it on social media, people thinking that like we need more of these mental mm-hmm. health responders. How can we actually make that happen? Since you guys are grant-based, what do you have any ideas of how the community can actually help support and bring more co-responders on? Good question. It is a really good question. Write in, speak up. Yeah. You know, write in to local to representatives. City yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. local representatives, talk to them. Uh, ask for us when you call in. Mm. Yeah, I've had, I think more recently I've had a lot of people ask, mm-hmm. um, they've called in asking for an officer to do welfare check, but then they're like, also, can one of the co-responders go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool, because like, I'll put it in the notes, and so the officer will see that, and hopefully somebody will reach out to you guys when the call gets picked up, but I think that's really cool that people have recently, I've noticed, started asking mm-hmm. for co-responders. Yeah. So, at least the, our community is starting to learn of that yeah. program, so hopefully we can educate more, and maybe with more education there will be more funding mm-hmm. meeting more people yeah more requests more yeah. funding and yeah, yeah. And, and understanding I think of, of mental health too yeah mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean there's mental health first aid classes available for the public and I think if folks better understand they'll better understand how we can help and what mm-hmm. we're doing decrease the stigma mm-hmm. yeah you know associated with it um, which I think will bring in more support naturally hopefully yeah maybe yeah, that's a tough question, though. Um, I, I think the talking to local representatives and yeah, asking when they call in, because if we're not available, that'll become, mm-hmm. hopefully... Right, that'll be more aware of them. Yeah. Like, okay, we need mm-hmm. more people yeah. because of this. Yeah. Um, what else do you guys want the public to know about what you do that we haven't touched on? I think one thing that Jesse and I both have a passion for is follow-up with people. Yes. Um, we have the opportunity in this program, the Loveland Police Department, to follow up with people 
Um, other programs don't necessarily have that because they might be going from one call to the next call to the next call and they, they don't have that. And we really value um, touching base with people, seeing if they have questions, seeing if they you know, were able to get set up with therapy, um, how we can help. Maybe they need more case management with Rachel, things like that. Because um, again, our goal is to provide a service to the community and try to get those resources in place for them. And so I, that's one thing I love about this particular program that we are able to do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, because we, we care. And mm -hmm. I think people see behaviors and actions more. And so by, by following up, I think I hope they see that. Mm -hmm. um, and it really helps us address the underlying issues that might have led to that contact with emergency services in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, gives us an opportunity to provide some more maybe emotion regulation skills, distress tolerance skills, delve in a little bit deeper and help really get them started on the path um, for longer term care um, and address the other issues. Yeah, we, we just had another phone call, but we get phone calls from people even months later. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want you guys to know this is what happened. This is the treatment. I'm going to start to cry. <laughs> we don't get those enough. I know, we, we don't, do but get we, we get follow-ups from yeah. people months yeah. later. We want you to know this is what happened, mm. and this is how I'm feeling, and now I have an apartment, and now wow. I have a job, wow. and That's I'm in therapy. Great. Yep. It mattered. You know? That contact mattered. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And they're able to get some help. No, I love those, and they don't come up enough. Because mm -hmm. we like we saw them, we get a snapshot of this window mm -hmm. into people's mm -hmm. lives, um, and we don't always get to see. We don't always, <laughs> always get to see the outcomes, and that, that can be really tough. That's a tough part of this job. You know, I yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's how we are in yeah. this job too. And so for us to see that from your perspective too, you're with them for this short amount of time, and to not ever maybe follow up with them ever again it must be really hard yeah well you all you all know you see mm -hmm. the same thing yeah. um it is you always wonder mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. you always hope yeah, yeah that's you're doing okay yeah. and and sometimes we spend hours some yeah. of the wow. time you know i had a recent call i was with a teenager for three hours um and then we'll follow up with the family and you know do it the best we can and so how do you guys take care of yourselves as far as like mentally um, taking care of yourself, making sure you're healthy? And cause if you're spending hours with people and you don't have a follow-up, that's draining. I know it's draining for us. And, um, you know, I had a call with a guy earlier this week, and I don't know how he's doing now, and I will probably never know. Um, and that's hard. Ooh. Hold on. Let's make sure I don't. I don't pull a Sue right now. I'm like, oh, wait. Um, what do you mean yeah. pull a Sue? Yeah. <laughs> 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 good. It's Are you good guys ready for your crisis? That's the way you're dealing with, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But do you, how do you take care of yourselves? Oh, gosh. A lot of deep breathing. Um, definitely a lot of deep breathing. I've started recently pulling muscles, playing racquetball, tennis. <laughs> so that's, that's been good. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, my go-to that I, I call it my purging session is hiking. Mm -hmm. um, and so okay. due to all the smoke and fires uh, yeah. and all of that stress, I um, haven't been able to do that. Um, but I work out at a gym as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did start self-defense class for Neat. fun. <laughs> for fun. I <laughs> don't plan on using it at work, but it's, that's been really fun. Yeah. It's a really good workout spend time with family mm -hmm. talk mm -hmm. talk about it I mean Talking. we will debrief on, mm -hmm. on clients you know, all the time um, 
talk with officers you know, about difficult calls we just had together to um, you know, talk with our supervisors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've talked to Jesse a lot and yeah. Melissa a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess even other team members, the other co-responders, the other communities here in Larimer County, we, we connect and send texts and call and because um, sometimes you just gotta, you just have to unload mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just talk and get rid of it all. Yeah. So. Try to remember the basic needs, sleep, eat, <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. which I forget a lot of times uh, when I'm working. Uh, so I try to remind myself, Sue reminds me because she saw it. <laughs> I did. Bit. I was on him. Yeah. He was at the end working yeah. with all the data and trying to get some of our forms. We had mm. to redo our forms in the electronic medical record, and Jesse was fried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The therapy, go therapy too. <laughs> mm -hmm. You yeah. know, get some support that way as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the main stuff just self care and. Plug away. Yeah, goofing off with of the officers helps. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> being, being yeah. optimistic because a lot of those those are the ones we're really fearful of the outcome, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Try to remind myself we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be something negative, and I try to choose the more positive yeah. outcomes. Um, be optimistic as best I can. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, my line that I use most days is we're giving people an opportunity yeah. to feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's all we can do is give opportunities. That's and great. then it becomes that person's responsibility mm -hmm. and it's not ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, anything else? No, I mean, I guess the only other thing um, that we get, you know, sometimes we'll hear folks are embarrassed when they find out a, a mental health professional is out on a call with them. Uh, I guess my hope is please know if we're out there with you, there, there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with you. There's nothing wrong. It, that thought is just a, a manifestation of that stigma that mm -hmm. we're talking about. Right. Mental mm -hmm. health is normal. Depression is normal. Anxiety, trauma, the reactions are things. Stress. It's just mm -hmm. it's normal it's stuff that we as humans go through. And, and so, I mean, my, my hope is that if you see us out there, it's just a simple acknowledgement that there's recognition you have a lot on your plate. Um, and, and we want to be there to try to help you with it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Cool. We appreciate oh, it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thanks for asking. People don't really ask us what we do, and if they do ask us, I've noticed people want to change the subject very quickly. Oh yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah so we appreciate you and asking. Yeah. Us yes. Of course. That's strange. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> public. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> We all need to know this. Yeah, I think so. And I really like break the stigma. Like, yeah. It's that's what we're here for. Yeah. Like I, when I take the phone call, I'm not thinking like, ugh, another crazy person. Right. Like, no, yeah. Just like, let's try to get them these resources because there's yeah. something going on. Everything and that you listed is something I've experienced, you know? So you're talking to someone who's feeling the same and maybe you don't realize it right away when you're calling 911 because you just, you're not recognizing that yet, right. so... Yeah. Someone's listening who's been through it. That's right. Yeah. And just yeah, normalizing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all go through tough stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and all we can do is the best we can in the moment. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, follow us on Facebook at Loveland Emergency Communication Center. Uh, follow us on Instagram at How to Nine One One Podcast. Not podcast. Jesus. <laughs> I did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
One more time. One more time. Uh, follow us on Instagram at howto911podcast. Email us any questions that you have for us or Jesse and Sue, and we'll make sure that they get the questions. Um, that email is howto911 at cityofloveland.org. And then also YouTube at howto911podcast. And then, is that it? Did I cover the bases? You got Facebook, right? Was yeah, I got Facebook. Okay. That was the first one. Yep. Yep, that sounds yeah, right. That sounds good. Okay. Um, until then... Know where you are, know your phone number, and tell us exactly what happened. Okay, and cut.